of my Tipitaka recitals on Edward Reeb's Buddhist Books podcast. That's me, the Edward Reeb part. Anyway, I had my numbers a little mixed up last time. So this is episode 73 on the YouTube playlist. This one. And episode 74 of the podcast, I think. Okay, well, anyway, it doesn't matter too much. We're in the 70s um, as far as episodes go. Um, if this is your first time seeing me, though, go ahead and click here. That will take you back to the beginning of the Tipitaka, which is the beginning of Buddhism, basically. Um, as far as what's written down, what's available to us to read. Um, if you're interested... Uh, before that, we get into a little bit of Jainism, which, let's just say, predated Buddhism by a little bit. Uh, or a lot, you know, depending on uh, your perspective. Um, so, there's also, uh, I will just go ahead and say, um, that I, there's some compelling evidence as to a relationship between uh, early Buddhism and early Jainism that is not really explicitly stated and if you're interested in that go ahead and click here that will take you to the beginning of the Jain Sutras playlist and if you're so inclined after seeing that half an hour of me explaining th things from Bihar uh, then you can watch those 25 episodes and then after that watch these eight episodes the episodes before that eh, eh, they're uh, they are what they are I was sort of practicing, um, you know, uh, but if you're interested, you can start at the very beginning uh, with the Dhammapada. There's six episodes in which I read the Dhammapada. And then after that, it goes, winds around like this and eventually arrives at my decision to, uh, to acquire these books from the Polytext Society. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Polytext Society. Um, if you would like some copies of your own, just Google Polytext Society. They're very lovely. Um, at times, they make the choice when things repeat or when something is written that has been written before. At some point, they choose to replace it with three dots. And so you've mostly heard me uh, being a little bit irritated by that and so I just thought I would say you know they're great check them out if you have the uh, the interest and the means um, okay most everyone's clicked away now okay we're good um, hello to everyone on the podcast also who can uh, only hear me but can't see me and uh, special thanks to our guest for today um, Amitabha they, they said Medicine Buddha. It was one of those places in Darjeeling. So they said Medicine Buddha, but I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's Amitabha. Um, if you can see, he's got something in his hands. Maybe, maybe they're figuring that that's a bowl with a plant in it. Um, and I know there's going to be some people who think that I should be, that the Buddha should be up here. I mean no disrespect in, I'm just a tall guy. I'm a big guy. This is a small statue, and I don't have a shelf up here, so um, please forgive me for any uh, breach of, you know, customs. 
that exist in China and a few other places. Anyway, um, so shall we pick up right where we left off? I am determined to finish Parajika Part 2. This is Part 12, obviously, but Parajika 2 is the section in which we talk about stealing, and I would like to get to Parajika 3, so I'm just going to read until we get to it, and I'm going to try to minimize my babbling. Was there anything else I wanted to say? Do you know? Uh, I Just because I, I don't think I've ever said it before, but if this is like not your first time seeing me, and you kind of enjoy this a little bit, um, please just do me one small, small favor and uh, like, subscribe, maybe hit the notification bell. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry to be like one of those, one of those guys, one of those guys. It's like you're talking to a guy, and you're like, wow, this is a guy who gets it. This is a guy who's not just trying to get in my pet, and then he says something, and you're like, ah, he's just one of those guys. So I don't mean to be one of those YouTubers. But, you know, like, subscribe, you know, it, it helps, it helps. The algorithm is not human, so it, it can't see value. It can only see clicks and likes and how much time a person spent on here, which is, of course, influenced by a lot of factors um, other than the value of the content, which is, this is early Buddhism. This is like, I mean, to me, it's very valuable. To me, you know, it, it seems obvious to me that it's very valuable. Um, in that when people talk about Buddhism, you know, they talk about this sutra, that sutra, that sutra, and kind of in my mind I'm thinking, yeah, okay, that was written in the 4th century AD, a you know, a thousand years after Buddha walked the earth. Okay, that was written 1,200 years after the Buddha walked the earth in China. Not to say that there weren't, like, brilliant, maybe enlightened people writing sutras 1,200 years after Buddha, but, you know, I mean, as far as, like, if someone's interested in in Buddha, you know, interested in Buddhism and like the inception of Buddhism and maybe want, wants to watch how it grew from a little seed, you know, like like when Christians get interested in, well, yeah, but what about Jesus? Like what, what actually went on with him and the disciples? You know, I want to read the Nag Hammadi and then, you know, really get in, into the nitty gritty, not just the history of John Milton or, you know, uh, these guys who started all the different Protestant denominations or the different popes and stuff. Which, when you when people talk about Buddhism, they're talking about popes and 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 Protestant reformations, and they never really talk about the Jesus of Buddhism. This is the Jesus of Buddhism. And sometimes Alan Watts will be talking, and he'll say, "You know, in the Pali scriptures, in the Pali scriptures, again and again, this happens." And then he'll say, "You know, in the Pali scriptures, when the Buddha talks about sex, he's not saying don't have sex." He's saying, don't just go out and pick up some chicks and bring them home for a good time. But you and I know, because we read the Pali scriptures, or at least we've read this much of the Pali scriptures, that, 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 that's like false. So when, you know, these scholarly types with their own agendas read maybe or skim the source texts and then spin it how they want to, that's not what I'm interested in. I, I grew up, you know, around quote-unquote Buddhism and slowly came to realize it was sort of a New Age Buddhism. And so I'm reading this um, because I want to know not what the New Agers say and not what, frankly, any of the other temples say. I have a lot of respect for Dogen and, uh, and Zen, but, uh, you know, I don't need to, someone slapping me with a stick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it on my own. But anyway... So, I think it's valuable, these scriptures. 
So let's get to it, shall we? We're going to finish all the rules about stealing so that we can get to something more interesting. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <clears throat> at a certain time, at one time, a certain monk, seeing a bag put by on a seat and saying, quote, if I take it from here, I shall become one who is defeated, end quote. He took hold of it, moving it together with the seat. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots, quote, three dots, defeat. So he thought he could find a loophole that, okay, if I move it from the seat, I'm defeated, so I'll move the seat as well. And he got kicked out. All right, good enough. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal stole a bolster belonging to the order. On account of this, he was remorseful and defeated. There's dots. I won't get into it. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal stole a robe from the bamboo used for hanging up the robes. On account of this, he was remorseful and defeated. So presumably, he didn't do it accidentally. Because if you do it accidentally, you're, you know, you're, it's fine. It was a mistake. But uh, he's like, no, I took it because I wanted to take it because I'm a kleptomaniac. And Buddha's like, out. You're out of here. At one time, a certain monk, I wonder how many people, oh my God, thinking back to, I was involved in a temple, oh, let's just leave it at that, years ago, and people were constantly stealing robes, constantly, where's my robe, and you know, you know that they know that that's not their robe, maybe one out of a hundred times that someone did that, someone was like, oh, I thought it was my robe, you know what I mean, like, genuinely, but the rest of the time, people were like, yeah, this robe looks nice, <sighs> But they weren't monks exactly. Anyway, at one time, I said they should have put that in the oath. And I also swear that I will not steal a robe that is not mine, nor take the temple loner robes home and just sort of adopt them as my own. I will, in fact, either purchase or make my own robe. For those of you who know, maybe maybe write that in there. It's just in between the, the palsy and the... Uh, Okay, at one time, a certain monk stealing a robe in the Vihara, saying, quote, Come out from here, I shall become one who is defeated. He did not go out from the Vihara. They told this matter to the Lord. He said, Whether he comes out, monks, or whether this foolish man does not come out, there is an offense involving defeat. I'm sure that makes sense. I'm sure if I took the time to think about that, analyze it, and compare it to the translations of the Sanskrit Tripitaka, and maybe ask some people of, you know, here and there, then that would make sense. Surely. Okay. At one time, two monks were companions. One monk went into the village for alms. The other monk, taking his friend's portion of the hard foods, distributed to the order, putting his trust in him, ate it. But, his in parentheses, as he knew this, he reprimanded him, saying, You are not a true recluse. On account of this, he was remorseful. Monk, of what were you thinking? Presumably this is the Buddha talking. I had a misconception as to the trust, Lord, he said. There is no offense, monk, because there was a misconception as to the trust. End quote. Once again, I'm sure that in some world that makes sense. All right, one takes what one gets, right? Uh, as in a 
okay translation with a lot of dots that render it nonsensical. At one time, a company of monks was making robes as the hard food was distributed to the order. The portions brought to them were laid aside. A certain monk, thinking that it was his own, ate the portion of another monk. Oh, he thought it was his own. He, knowing this, reprimanded him, saying, You are not a true recluse. On account of this, he was remorseful. Monk, are you out of your senses? I thought it was my own, Lord, he said. Then there is no offense, monk, as you thought it was your own, he said. I thought it was my robe. I didn't realize. At one time, a company of monks was making robes. When a certain monk had taken with his bowl another monk's share of the order's hard and soft foods, it was laid aside. The monk who was the owner of the bowl ate the food, in parentheses, thinking it was his own. Knowing this, he reprimanded him. There is no offense, monk, as you thought it was your own. At one time, mango tree thieves, having made the mangoes fall, went off taking a bundle of fruit. This reminds me, in Breath of the Wild, I took a hammer and... Never mind. Uh, the owners pursued these thieves. The thieves, seeing the owners, dropped the bundle midway. The monks, thinking it to be rags taken from the dust heap, had it uh, procured and ate the mangoes. An honest mistake. By the way, that guy with the dead body outside his vihara, and then they were like, what happened? Why do you have a dead body decomposing outside your vihara? And he was like, well, you see what happened was I went to the dust heap, and uh, I, I took the clothes, and then he was like, don't take my clothes. And I was like, what? And I ran away with his clothes, and then the corpse got up and followed me and then collapsed in front of my door. I think he might have actually been doing one of the naughty things in part one, and then when it started to smell, he put it outside of his uh, vihara. And then when they came up and said, why is there a corpse here? He bumped it over to part two. Just a theory. Just a theory. Anyway. Okay. Yes. Uh, so the owners reprimanded these monks saying, you are not true recluses. These were remorseful. So I think, like, yeah, word got around. When the Buddha would make a new rule, word would get around. Ah, they're not allowed to steal now. So so the king in uh, Rajgir would have heard, oh, okay, well, that's good. He's not letting people get away with stealing things like my wood. Okay, these were remorseful. They told this matter to the Lord. Monks, of what were you thinking? He said, Lord, we thought they were rags taken from the dust heap, they said. Monks, there is no offense since you thought they were rags taken from the dust heap. I mean, how does the Buddha have time? I mean, he took those years in isolation to get to that place of nirvana, to that enlightened place where he can teach wisdom. But, I mean, I guess, you know, the idea is that when you get there, then you get there and you don't lose it. Because if he could lose it, then he would have lost it, having to deal with all these monks like, oh, I had sex with a severed head. Oh, I stole my the other monk's robe. Oh, I did this, I did that. I mean, come on, you know. Anyway, okay. At one time, uh, rose apple tree thieves, bread tree thieves, jackfruit thieves, palm fruit thieves, sugar cane thieves... 
Cucumber thieves, having cut off the cucumbers, went away, taking a bundle. The owners, three dots, there is no offense, monk, monks, since you thought they were rags taken from the dust heap. I think people are taking advantage of uh, the fact that that seems to be a loophole. Like, oh, well, you know, um, there was some cloth on, on the road there. People running around making noise. I don't know what that was. It went up. It was fruit inside, so I ate it. I thought they were rags taken from the dust heap that happened to have fruit in them. Oh, all right. Well, I guess you're fine. I shouldn't be so suspicious of the honesty of these thieving monks. At one time, mango tree thieves, having made the mangoes fall, three dots, yeah, it's fine, dots, you know, I, that's fine. It's fine. This is fine ran away. The monks sang before the owners see them and intending to steal ate the mangoes. The That means they're in parentheses. The owners reprimanded the monks saying, you are not true. Recluses. That means true was in parentheses. These were remorseful. Three dots. You know, dots, whatever. You monks have fallen into an offense involving defeat. Hmm. Oh, because the monks were like, oh, before the owners see them, let's eat these fruits. Okay, so they weren't like, oh, these are fruits in the rags from the dust heap. Oh, they were like, oh, these are that guy's fruits. Let's eat them real quick. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, interesting uh, side thought. Um, they weren't vegetarian, were they? I mean, maybe later they'll get into, uh, you know, do not kill. But apparently... If uh, a lion kills an animal and then goes away, the monks are free to go up and take the deer meat and cook it and eat it. And the monk and, and Buddha said that was okay. So take that lady who was protesting outside the Dalai Lama's speech saying, Buddha said don't eat meat. How come the Dalai Lama eats meat? Now, I know that uh, all of the meat that the Dalai Lama eats isn't leftovers from a lion kill so there's that but so far what I'm reading is the Buddha wasn't telling everyone they had to be vegetarians it was okay to eat meat that was left over from a lion kill just putting it out there alright but I'm sure he would be against killing because ahimsa he was against like turning dirt over he was against uh, making mud because you know of all the little creatures and the invisible and one sense and two sense and you've seen the Jain Sutras episodes right um, so big softy uh, I mean when it comes to small animals not when it comes to thieving monks and philandering uh, yes, at one time a rose apple, uh, at one time rose apple tree thieves, three dots, cucumber thieves, three dots, ran away. The monks sang before the owners see them, and intending to steal, ate the cucumbers, but not the apples. Uh, the owners, no, probably the apples too. The owners, three dots, you monks have fallen into an offense involving defeat. One day in the future, I hope that there's a, uh, a proper English translation of the TB talk. All right. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal stole a mango belonging to the order. Three dots. A rose apple. 
three dots. A breadfruit, three dots. A jackfruit, three dots. A palm fruit, three dots. A sugar cane, three dots. Intending to steal, stole a cucumber belonging to the order. He was remorseful, three dots, quote, three dots. Defeat, period, end quote. You know what that means? Do you? I hope you do. It's really unclear. At one time, a certain monk, giving to a flower garden, intending to steal, stole a flower worth five masakas. Oh, that had already been plucked. Oh, he was remorseful. Three dots, quote, three dots. You know what comes next? Defeat, period, end quote. At one, because he went meant to steal it, right? And it was five masakas. At one time, a certain monk going to a flower garden, intending to steal and picking a flower worth five masakas, stole it. He was remorseful, defeat. At one time, a certain monk, as he was going to the village, said to another monk, Your reverence, do you allow me to take your greetings to the family which supports you? Going there. Having had an outer cloak fetched, he enjoyed it by himself. You know what that means. It's C, part one of Parijika. I think it's probably okay. Maybe a wrongdoing, but you know, you can't get kicked out for that. All right. He, knowing this, reprimanded him, saying, quote, You are not a true recluse. And, quote, He was remorseful. Three dots. Quote, Monk, there is no offense involving defeat. But, monks, you should not say, May I take greetings from you? Who should speak thus? There is an offense of wrongdoing. May I take greetings from you? Mm? You should not say, Um... I'm going to be, you should not have your assistant call ahead and say, uh, his honor is going to be visiting your house tomorrow, so make sure you've got that, that sake with the scrambled egg in it. It's those who know, know. I see. Um, at one time, a certain monk went to, it's really good, by the way. I th think I drank the whole bottle. God. I mean, it was, it was a few years ago. I, I don't drink like that anymore. Anyway, at one time, a certain monk went to the village. A certain monk said to this monk, quote, Your reverence, take greetings from me to the family which supports me. End quote. Going there and having a pair of outer cloaks fetched, he used one himself, one he gave to that monk. He, knowing this, reprimanded him, saying, You are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. Three dots, end quote. Monk, there is no offense involving defeat. But, monks, you should not say, take greetings from me. Who should speak thus, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Didn't he say, here, put this robe on. Ah, you're not a true recluse. Or am I misreading it? I must be misreading it. Please comment below if you're quite familiar with these things. At one time, a certain monk, as he was going to the village, said to another monk, quote, Your reverence, may I take greetings? Don't say take greetings. He just told you. Uh, <clears throat> to the family which supports you, may I take greetings to 
the family which supports you. You should not say, take greetings from me. Give me, let me take greetings. Give, take, I don't know. There's something mixed up a little bit. Um, he spoke thus, take greetings from me. Going there, he had fetched an alhaka measure of ghee, tula measure of sugar, and a dona measure of husked rice, which he ate by himself. Knowing this, he reprimanded him, saying, You are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. Three dots. Monk, there is no offense involving defeat. But monks, you should not say, May I take greetings from you? Nor should you say, Take greetings from me. Who should speak thus? There's an offense of wrongdoing. So, it seems like the monks are going to these people's houses and then the people are preparing them food and then the monk is like, nom, 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 and they're saying, you just ate all that food. And then they're like, I'm sorry, am I defeated? And the Buddha's like, no, but don't, don't say it's weird. You're like setting it up to be awkward if you're like, hey, let me take greetings from you, apparently. I don't know. It seems to be what's going on. Moving along. At one time, a certain man, taking a valuable jewel, was going along the high road in the company of a certain monk. Then the man, seeing the customs house, put the jewel into the monk's wallet without his knowing it. Let me guess, the monk's not going to get defeated. And so, is in parentheses, he took it past the customs house. He was remorseful. Monk, of what were you thinking? I did not know, Lord. There is no offense, monk, since you did not know. At a certain time, taking a valuable jewel, three dots, to the customs, seeing the customs house, pretended to be ill and gave his own bundle to the monk. When the man had passed the customs house, he said to the monk, quote, Give me my bundle, honored sir. I am not disposed, indisposed. End quote. Why did you do that, your reverence? Then the man told this matter to the monk. He was remorseful, three dots. There is no offense, monk, since you did not know. At one time, a certain monk was going along a high road in the company of a caravan. A certain man, seeing the customs house and bribing a monk, I bet this monk is going to get kicked out, gave the, this monk a valuable jewel, saying, Honored sir, get this jewel past the customs house. So the monk took the jewel past the customs house. He was remorseful. Three dots, quote, three dots, defeat, period. End quote. I called it. So, monks, don't accept bribes for smuggling jewelry past the customs house. That's a defeatable offense. That counts as stealing, probably from the king. Although avoiding taxes is just a wrongdoing, so I'm a little unclear about the specifics of the customs house situation. But, anyway... Speaking of which, when are they going to release my... At one time, a certain monk, out of compassion, released a pig trapped in a snare. He was remorseful of what were you thinking, monk. I acted from a compassionate motive, lord. He said, there is no offense, monk, since you acted from a compassionate motive. Does the same apply to human slaves? Because earlier, he said that if you tell a human who belongs to someone else, 
come follow me, and he takes two steps, you're defeated. Obviously, you would be doing it out of compassion, right? I mean, maybe I'm projecting my 2022 sense of morality onto BC 600 and making assumptions. Maybe they were like, the monk was like, well, I would like a slave. <laughs> follow me. <laughs> I guess it's the only way I can make sense of it. Um, that or these, this section was pieced together from, from different texts written down at different times and they don't all agree. It happens. Look at the Bible, right? Um, okay. At one time, a certain monk released a pig trapped in a snare intending to steal it before the owners see it. He was remorseful. Three dots, quote, three dots, defeat. So if you release a pig because, oh, the poor pig, then that's fine. If you release a pig because you're like, I want the pig, then you're defeated, right? At one time, a certain monk out of compassion released a deer trapped in a snare. Three dots, released a deer trapped in a snare intending to steal it before the owners saw it. Three dots, out of compassion released fish trapped in a fish net. Three dots. Released fish trapped in a fishnet intending to steal them. Before the owner see, he was remorseful. Three dots. Um, three dots defeat. So I think what's going on here is, I mean, one can only guess. But, I mean, I think, based on the pattern set up, that when you release the fish from the fishnet out of compassion, you're not defeated. When you release it because you want the fish, you're defeated. When you release the deer from the deer snare out of compassion, then you're not defeated. If you release it because you want the deer, you're defeated, right? At one time, a certain monk, seeing some goods in a vehicle, said, quote, if I take these from here, I shall become one who is defeated. End quote. As he was passing, he took of it, pushing it along. He was remorseful, three dots, three dots, defeat. So he took the whole vehicle instead of taking the goods out of the vehicle. He talked about stealing vehicles, dude. I mean, wow. Some of these monks really not so bright. All right. At one time, a certain monk saying, quote, I will give the owners a piece of flesh taken up by a hawk. Oh, okay. And quote, took hold of it. The owners reprimanded this monk saying, you are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. There is no offense, monks, since you did not intend to steal. He was stealing from the hawk, but apparently it's okay to steal from animals. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal a piece of flesh taken up by a hawk before the owners see it, took hold of it. The owners reprimanded the monk. You are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. Three dots defeat. So the key here is that it was because he wanted to steal it. Just a, a while longer, and uh, we'll be finished with this uh, section. Okay. At one time, some men who had put a raft together stowed it away on the river Asiravati, or maybe Akiravati. As the bindings were torn, they went away, leaving it all strewn over with sticks. The monks, thinking that these were rags taken from the dust heap, got them out of the water. So apparently rags taken out of the dust heap include sticks. So, all right. Um, 
Yes. The owners reprimanded these monks, saying, You are not true recluses. They were remorseful. Monks, there is no offense, since you thought they were rags taken from the dust heap. Okay. Can that apply to jewelry? Humans? Um, meat? I thought the meat and the human with the jewelry were rags taken from the dust heap? At one time, some men who had put a raft together stowed it away on the river Asirabati as the bindings. Did I just read this? No, yeah, it's a, this is a new situation that's exactly the same. As the bindings were torn away, they went away, leaving it all strewn over with sticks. The monks, intending to steal, got them out of the water before the owners see them. The owners reprimanded the monks, saying, you are not true recluses. They were remorseful. You monks have fallen into an offense involving defeat. At one time, a certain cowherd, hanging his cloak on a tree, went to relieve himself. I assume we're talking about... Anyway, uh, a certain monk took it, thinking it was a rag taken from the dust heap. It must have been a really ratty cloak. Then the cowherd reprimanded that monk, saying, You are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. There is no offense, monk, since you thought it was a rag taken from the dust heap. At one time, a certain monk was crossing a river. A cloak that had escaped from the bleacher's hands stuck to his foot. The monk took hold of it, saying, I will give this to the owners. The owners reprimanded this monk, saying, You are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. There is no offense, monk, because you did not intend to steal. At one time, a certain monk was crossing a river. A cloak that had escaped from the bleacher's hands stuck to his foot. The monk took hold of it, intending to steal it before the owners see. The owners reprimanded the monk, saying, You are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. Three dots, quote, three dots. Defeat, period. Quote. At one time, a certain monk, seeing a large round pot of ghee, come on, you're a monk, not baby Krishna. Am I right? Uh, yes, ate it little by little. He was remorseful. Monk, there is no offense involving defeat. There is an offense of wrongdoing. What if the ghee was worth more than five basakas? At one time, a company of monks, having arranged together, went away, saying, We will steal these goods. One of them stole the goods. The others said, We are not those who are defeated. The thief is the one who is defeated. All right. They told this matter to the Lord. He said, You monks have fallen into an offense involving defeat. All right. They arranged it together. And then they said, Ah, no, he did it. At one time, a company of monks, having arranged together, having stolen some goods, shared them out. Amongst those sharing, none had a portion accounting to five masakas. They said, we are not those who are defeated. They told this matter to the Lord. He said, you monks have fallen into an offense involving defeat. Ah, this is kind of touching on a point that I was alluding to earlier. So the masakas thing. You can steal, if you steal 20 masakas worth of something, but you divide it among five monks, and each of the monks only gets four masakas, and you can't go, but none of us got five masakas worth of it. Buddha's like, everybody out, you're, you're done, out. 
He's not going to bother to break down why. He's just like, no, you know. Okay. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal stole a handful of rice belonging to a shopkeeper at a time when Sabati was short of alms food. He was remorseful. Three dots. Quote three dots. Defeat. They didn't ask about how many masakas it was worth. All right. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal stole a handful of kidney beans. Three dots. A handful of beans. Three dots. A handful of sesamum. Sesamum belonging to the shopkeeper at a time when Savati was short of alms food. He was remorseful. Three dots. Quote. Three dots. Defeat. Period. End quote. Maybe it was because they were short of alms food. Or no. I don't know. So don't steal food. They won't even bother to measure it and see how many masakas it's worth. They'll just kick you out. At one, unless it's ghee, apparently. I'm so confused. Anyway, at one time, thieves in the dark wood at Sabati, having killed a cow, eaten the flesh, and tidied up the remains, went away. The monks, thinking that these were rags taken from the dust heap, took them up and ate them. Because if they're rags, you can eat them. All right. Um, the thieves reprimanded these monks, saying, You are not true recluses. They were remorseful. There is no offense, monks, since you thought they were rags taken from the dust heap. So apparently rags taken from the dust heap means, like, trash or something. I always assumed that, based on how Dogen talked about rags, that it, it means rags taken from the dust heap. The dust heap, maybe that means like, uh, you know, where people throw their trash. All right. Learning a little every day. At one time, the thieves in the dark wood at Savati having killed a pig. Three dots. And that quotes three dots. Since you thought they were rags taken from the dust heap. Period. End quote. At one time, a certain monk going to a meadow intending to steal stole some cut grass worth five masakas. He was remorseful. Defeat. Period. End quote. At one time there was a certain monk going to a meadow intending to steal cutting grass worth five mustakas. Stole it. He was remorseful. Defeat. See, I'm leaving out the dots that are leaving out the words. Just leave out everything. We'll just like close the book and just... Hi. Okay, we read it. You know, like... Yes. At one time, some incoming monks... Having divided the fruits of a, that's in parentheses, mango tree belonging to the order, ate them. The resident monks reprimanded these monks. You are not true recluses. They were remorseful. They told this matter to the Lord. What were you thinking, monks? Lord, it was for the sake of food for us, they said. There is no offense, monks, since it was done for the sake of food. What was the stealing the rice for then? Okay. All right. A little confused, I have to admit. Because they were stealing food before and getting kicked out, and now they're stealing food and saying, but we were going to eat it. And he was like, oh, well, if you were going to eat it, then... What? All right. <clears throat> we were going to give it to that prostitute. No. Um, at one time, some incoming monks, having divided the fruits of a mango tree... Okay, we read that. Yes, 
At one time, some incoming monks, three dots, a rose apple tree belonging to the... Oh, because it belonged to the order. Ah, so if it's the order's mango tree, then you can steal fruit from it as long as you eat it. I guess. I don't know. Uh, a breadfruit tree belonging to the order... A breadfruit tree? Belonging to the order. A jackfruit tree. Palm, three dots. Palm fruits, three dots. A sugarcane, three dots. A cucumber tree belonging to the order, had the various fruits and princes shared out and ate them, the resident monks three dots. There is no offense, monks, since it was done for the sake of food. At one time, the keepers of a mango grove gave a mango fruit to some monks. The monks sang, the masters are to watch these, not to give them away. Being scrupulous, they did not accept them. They told this matter to the Lord. He said, there is no offense, monks, since it was a gift from the guardian. He's saying, you could, have, you could have taken it and eaten it, but they gave it back. All right. At one time, the keepers of a rose apple grove, three dots, a cucumber plantation, gave cucumbers to the monks. The monks sang, these masters, three dots. There is no offense, monks, since it was a gift from the guardian. At one time, a certain monk, having removed... For the time being, a piece of wood belonging to the order shored up the wattle and daub wall of his own vihara with it. The monks reprimanded this monk, saying, you are not a true recluse. He was remorseful. He told this matter to the Lord. He said, monk, of what were you thinking? I took it for the time being, Lord. There was no offense, monk, in taking for the time being. Mm, I didn't steal it, I was borrowing it. No offense at all, not even a wrongdoing. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal stole water belonging to the order. Three dots. Clay belonging to the order. Three dots. Intending to steal stole Tina grass belonging to the order. He was remorseful. Quote three dots. Defeat. I think intending to steal is the key phrase there, period, end quote. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal, I bet he's defeated, let's see, set fire to Tina grass belonging to the order. He was remorseful, three dots. There is no offense, monk, involving defeat. There is an offense in wrongdoing. So you can intend to steal and start a fire. That's fine, as long as you don't intend to steal and, like, take something. Unless it's food to eat, in which case that's fine. All right. I mean, at least it's not an eye for an eye, right? Maybe it's a little inconsistent at times or a little little confusing a little bit. Uh, At one time, a certain monk intending to steal stole a couch belonging to the order. He was remorseful. Three dots. Defeat. At one time, a certain monk intending to do so stole a chair belonging to the order. Three dots. Stole a pillow, three dots. A bolster and a pillow, three dots. A door, three dots. A casement, three dots. With intention to do so, stole a rafter belonging to the order. He was remorseful, three dots. Three dots, defeat. At one time, monks enjoyed elsewhere the lodging and food of a vihara belonging to a certain lay follower. Then this lay follower was vexed, annoyed, and angry. He said, how can the reverend sirs enjoy 
appurtenances belonging somewhere else. End quote. They told this matter to the Lord. Quote, monks, one should not enjoy elsewhere appurtenances belonging somewhere else. Who enjoys himself in this way? There is an offense of wrongdoing. End quote. At one time, monks, feeling remorseful at having taken into the hall in which the Patimoka was held and the meeting place, sat down on the ground. The limbs and robes were covered with dust. They told this matter to the Lord. Quote, I allow you monks to take things away temporarily. End quote. Okay. At one time, at Kampa, the nun who was the pupil of the nun Tutalananda went to the family who supported the nun Tutalananda and said, quote, The lady wants to drink rice gruel containing the three pungent ingredients. End quote. And having had this cooked, she took it away with her and enjoyed it herself. She, knowing this, reprimanded her, saying, You are not a true female recluse. And quote, She was remorseful. Then this nun told this matter to the nuns. The nuns told this matter to the monks. The monks told this matter to the Lord. Quote, monks, there is no offense involving defeat in the deliberate lie. There is an offense involving expiation, which apparently we'll get to in a later, at a later time. At one time in Rajagaha, Rajgir, uh, the nun who was the pupil of the nun Tulananda went to the family who supported the nun Tulananda and said the lady wants to eat a honey ball. And having had this cooked, uh, she took it away with her and enjoyed it herself. She, knowing this, quote, involving defeat. Oh, there is no offense involving defeat. Just involving defeat. Uh, but yeah, no, there is no offense involving defeat. In the deliberate lie, there is an offense involving expiation. He forgot to put the three dots in before just saying involving defeat, by the way. At one time, at one time in Visali, the householder who was the supporter of the venerable Ajuka had two children, a son and a nephew. Then the householder spoke thus to the venerable Ajuka, quote, Honored sir, will you grant an audience to whichever of these two children has faith and belief? End quote. At that time, the householder's nephew had faith and belief. So the venerable Ajuka granted an audience to that child. Because he was wealthy, he set up an estate and made a gift. And the householder's son said to the venerable Ananda, Ananda, Honorable Ananda, which is the father's heir, the son or the nephew? The son, your reverence, is the father's heir. Honored sir, this master Ajuka has shown that our wealth belongs to our associate. Your reverence, the venerable Ajuka is not a true recluse. Then the venerable Ajuka said to the venerable Ananda, Reverend Ananda, give me a trial. Oh, they have trials. Okay. At that time, the venerable Upali was an adherent of the venerable Ajuka. Then the venerable, venerable Upali said to the reverend Ananda, quote, Reverend Ananda, 
Whoever being told by the owner, grant this audience to such and such a person, granted it, does he fall? Quote, honored sir, he does not fall at all, not even to the length of an offensive wrongdoing. End quote, he said. Quote, your reverence, this venerable Ajuka, being told by the owner, grant this audience to such and such a person, granted it. Your reverence, there is no offense for their venerable Ajuka. Silyananda. Now, at that time, the Binares family, uh, which supported the venerable Pilindavacha, was, was pillaged by thieves, and two children were kidnapped. How horrible. Then the venerable Pilandavacha, leading back these children by his psychic power, placed them on a terrace. People, seeing, this seeing these children, said, quote, This is the majesty of the psychic power of Master Pilandavacha. End quote. And they put faith in the venerable Pilandavacha. These monks became vexed, annoyed, and angry, said, How can this venerable Pilandavacha lead back children who had been kidnapped by thieves? End quote. They told this matter to the Lord. He said, Monks, there is no offense for one who possesses psychic power in the sphere of psychic power. End quote. Hmm. All right. At one time, at one time, Pandaka and Kapila were friends. Oh, one lived in a village and one at Kosambi. Then, as that monk was going from the village to Kosambi, crossing a river in the middle of the way, a piece of fat escaped from the hands of pork butchers, stuck to his foot. The monk took hold of it, saying, I will give it to the owners. The owners reprimanded the monk, saying, You are not a true recluse. A woman cowherd who saw him as he had crossed said, Come, honored sirs. Commit sexual intercourse. Are we just not going to finish that? Like, the, oh, uh, there's some fat on my foot. I'll give it back to the owners. Hmm? Commit sexual intercourse? Well, I've got this lard. I mean, are these two stories connected? Let's keep reading and find out. He said, by nature, I am not a true recluse. And having committed sexual intercourse with her and gone to Kosambi, he told this matter to the monks. The monks told this matter to the Lord. He said, monks... There is no offense involving defeat for taking what is not given, but there is an offense involving defeat for sexual intercourse in conjunction with another. Okay. So, so some fat, these guys are pretty silly. Some fat landed on his foot and he was like, oh, I'll give it back to the owners. And they were confused thinking he had stolen the fat, saying, you are not a true recluse. And he was like, oh. And a woman said, come have sexual intercourse. And he's like, well, I mean, I'm not a true recluse. He said so, so. And then, so then Buddha was like, okay, you're not kicked out for stealing because you weren't stealing. But what? Didn't we cover this in section one? Right? Okay. Anyway, now at that time, don't you feel good about yourself knowing that you're a little more intelligent than the monks who followed the Buddha? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, maybe that's not the point, is it? Uh, or what is the point? I don't know. I don't know.
Um, now at that time, at Sagali, a monk who shared a cell with the venerable Dalhika, being tormented by chafing, took a tradesman's turban and said to the venerable Dalhika, quote, Honored sir, I am not a true recluse. I will leave the order. End quote. What was done by you, your reverence? He told him this matter. Having taken it, you value it, but being valued, it is not worth five masakas. There is no offense, your reverence, involving defeat, he said, and gave Dhamma talk. That monk was delighted. Told is the second offense involving defeat. And we are not going to look ahead, and by we, I mean me, and of course, obviously, you can look ahead, but I am not going to, so I will be surprised to find out what crime it is that Parajika 3 is going to be about in episode, in part 13 of the Tipitaka recitals on Edward Reed's Buddhist Books Podcast. Yay, we did it! And you did it with me. I mean, you know, read it. Or you got through it. I don't mean to say like you did it with me, obviously. Obviously, right? Thank you, Amitabha, for your presence. And uh, please don't forget us in the in the hour of our death. Uh, uh, we we would very much like to go to the Pure Land uh, and and you know spend an incarnation there, right? Wouldn't wouldn't you? I think that that would be nice. There's like no bugs. It's, you can meditate. There's like good food and stuff. There's no like evil or temptations. And you can just meditate and obtain nirvana there. I hear. Everything looks like one of those really cool like Bhutani temples with like the three, you know, well, Tibetan, you know, wherever. Like the mandala. You look at it. It's like the temple from above built in the image of the pure land like an architectural expression of the pure land. He's, he's in charge of all that, so, and other things. He's uh, the, the Buddha of the East, you remember? The, the red one? East is red, West is blue, right? No, West, he's the Buddha of the West, excuse me, red. So there's people that, I think we're toward the end now, so I, I think it's okay for me to say something that might lightly be taken as being offensive, which I'm not intending to be offensive, although I'm telling you about something that could be interpreted as offensive. But I'm not saying it. I'm just telling you about it. Like, you know, I mean, I'm still wondering about those dislikes of people. I was telling you uh, or in that episode 8 about the Theosophical Society's like ranking of ethnicities in the 19th century and saying that that's bad, that they that was a dumb thing, and then people were like, what? Mm, don't talk about that. Okay. Anyway, so so yeah, there's a prophecy supposedly that the the Dharma, the Buddha's Dharma, will will go to the lands of the West where they have red skin. Amitabha is from the lands of the West, and he has literally red skin. Like, I mean, this this is not you know depicting that, but if you look at a lot of the diagrams, the people from the East have blue skin, the people from the West have red skin, the people from the North have green skin, and the people from uh, the, what's the other one? South have yellow skin, and apparently the people in the middle have white skin, like pure white, like this white, not like pink, you know? 
And so, so yeah, but people say, oh, that prophecy is predicting that the, uh, the First Nations people in uh, you know, the Americas are going to learn about the Buddha's Dharma. That's an arcane term. That's not what they mean by redskin. That's all I'm saying. Did I lose you? I'm sorry. I hope not. I am part charity. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> thank you for going on this ride with me. A little bumpy at times. And uh, I'm sorry, Lord, for having perhaps stolen the music at the beginning and end of this episode, but uh, let's give credit where credit is due because we haven't since the pilot episode and say, go ahead and click there. Give those guys a like, subscribe, tell them how much you love the music, those drums. They're so good, aren't they? I don't mean to be stealing. I'm uh, paying homage, if you will. And I mean, okay, honestly, it makes makes the beginning and ending of my episodes sound cool. Um, so... Well, I don't know. Perhaps I'm guilty of thieving. I hope I won't be defeated. Is the value more than five masakas? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So on that note, um, until next time, sorry about all the silliness. And uh, anything, uh, anything I'm leaving out? Hmm? No, don't think so. All right. Oh. Okay, say, say goodnight, Squid Game uh, staff employee. Goodnight, Squid Game staff employee. All right, sorry. Okay, let's, uh, let's wrap this up, shall we? To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Oh. Until next time. Thank you.